everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of what? The Iconist, oh, wrong arm, the Iconist Podcast. <gasps> yeah, yeah, for, for those listening, I got myself a, a hoodie done the other day with all the logos for Barry 3D, Iconist Podcast, you know, uh, Gorilla Comedy is another thing we had going on before, and, and, and our scanning code, so we can scan it with people see me live, so I'm, I'm all got this funky sweater on, and I'm very happy with it. So, he's all tatted up. He's all tatted up. I look like I'm tatted up without the tattoos, right? Because uh, I'm afraid of needles. So, (laughs) on that note, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Iconist Podcast. This is, as I said, season two, year two. Back with vengeance. No, we weren't even gone by a bad situation. We we just like saying stupidness. As you know, I'm one of your hosts, Barry 3D for Deep Dark Delicious. Like I like to say, hey, how you doing? On my side, the man, the myth, the legend who doesn't stop rocking the turntables no matter the hour across the world nonstop. This man can use a Red Bull along with, I don't know, lots of sleep. My man, my cousin, my best friend, our co-host, the one and only... DJ Rod C. DJ C. <laughs> yes. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode. We got something for you. We got something for you. But as always, before I start jumping in, you know what we got to do? Let's just go through the, let's go through the proper, uh, quims and clothes and things that we normally do. <laughs> That's right. We got to do our proper introductions, right? So first of all, thank you everyone for tuning in and being here for season two and letting this show grow. Thank you for joining our YouTube page. Thank you for downloading and streaming these episodes wherever you find them. So once again, remember, please like, subscribe, share on our YouTube page. Let's get those numbers up. Two, mm-hmm. thank you for streaming and downloading from wherever you can get your podcast at. We really appreciate it. And two, thank you for the comments. So I've been interacting with a person. Their name there on my our, their YouTube channel is some other guy. Don't know who some other guy is but some other guy has been making some great points and we've been chatting back and forth so a shout out to you uh shout out to the fans uh to the family and all those members that help us keep this show going remember there's other Mm. podcasts out there besides our own so we you don't have to be you can be loyal to us and enjoy others there you go right on that being said keep an eye out for touch of great comedy we are doing shows live all over with my boys thomas patrice uh zolfa ali and dave sokolowski Mm-hmm. Along with myself, Barry 3D, Barry Carter. Uh, look for Rod. Rod will let you know where to find him soon enough. If you want to find all the stuff that I'm doing, very simple, Barry3D.com. Can't go wrong. That's the website. That's where I'm at. Case closed. Booyah. Um, and, and, and on that note, we got to give proper praise to the man who makes us look so pretty. The reason that my sweater, my hoodie looks so, so styling is because of all the work that's been done on it by the one and only J Bird Digital Digital Art 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 J Bird Digital Arts. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, let's go is right. So if you need any work done for templates, logos, be it if it's gonna be uh digital or live. Reach out to Jaybird Digital Arts. Let Jason mm. know that you heard about him, the Iconist Podcast. And if you mention the Iconist Podcast, he will give you a discount on the work. What? Can't go wrong with a discount. Give a shout out to Jay. There you go. Mm. Right on. This is how I got my funky sweater and, and everything that Jay's done. So as you see, the Iconist Podcast logo here on my shirt, on my hoodie, Jay. Barry 3D logo, Jay. Right? My name here, Barry 3D with the pop- popping on it, Jay. 
right? Mm. Can't go wrong. And of course, I got to give shout outs to my man who did this originally, right? For the, the Gorilla Comedy logo, which is still fire. My man, Augustus, also known as PBK, Pretty Boy Kev, my man, Kevin Malabre. He listens to these shows. So uh, me and him were talking some AEW just recently. Shout mm. out to my homie. Yeah, that's right. He's also my old dance partner. If me and him get on a dance floor together and Rod's playing, yeah. it's danger. Be problems, problems, I'm telling you. Yeah, we'll, we'll all recover my broken back the day after, but watch it, man. King of the dance floor. You know, yeah. we, we, tell you, man, we like Batman and Robin. or more like Batman and Nightwing on a dance floor with me and Kevin, man. Can't touch us. <laughs> you think age slow us down? No, I just need Ben Gay in the morning to keep going. Right on. Here you go. Rod, where can we find you? Listen, you can find me on the World Wide Web. You can find me, uh, let's see, on the world of Instagram. You can find me at Mr. Rod C. Also find me uh, in the world of Twitch. You can find me at twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. Listen, I'm out there every, every uh, listen, two, three times a week. I'm playing. Listen, as of the day of this taping, I was just playing earlier today. I played yesterday. I got to play tomorrow. Listen, playing a whole bunch of times throughout the week. So listen, you can find me on the Twitch, on the Twitch. I'm sound like those old folks. You can find me on the Twitch. <laughs> find me on the Twitch. You can I mean, find, the me the, find me on the Twitch. Find me on the Twitch. Don't you mean? We don't mean the dancer Twitch. I mean, you know, I mean, nothing wrong with that. We 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 down with Twitch. Right on. You go. You can find me. He's Twitch the dancer. He used to be on Allen, and he's also a DJ. Hey, you know what? Follow the course. Follow the course. Toe the line. Toe the line. Toe oh, the line. I hear you on that. Woo! <laughs> so let's go. Yes. And that brings us today. Now, I know in the past we've been doing a lot of DC because we felt a little bit lacking on DC because season one we did a lot of Marvel. And, I, of course, okay. we don't want to be, kind of be biased one side or the other. So we must mm. even the playing field. Today, the icon is Rom. What, what, what did you say? Rom? Rom. Rom. Okay, okay. Let me get straight. Rom. Not, not, Rom. Not, Rom. Not, not computer not, Rom. Not, okay, not, no, not read only memory Rom. We're oh. talking about Rom the Space Knight by Marvel Comics. Oh, Rom the Space Knight. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I've yeah. heard of him. Yeah, right. He is known. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, Rom started off as a man of two worlds, and of course, his story is a little bit more splintered than that, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, it, 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 but, 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 oh, but, 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 we're talking about Rom today because Rom's an interesting character. We'd like to bring you some of the unknown gems you might have missed. So let's get down to some of the basics. Rom, once again, not read only memory, Rom, the space knight. Now, Rom's origins. <laughs> Very unique. Right? It, it, it went to a lot of different, different things. So let's say this. First of all, Rom started off as a toy first, a comic book second. Ah, uh-huh. say uh-huh. what, Barry? Uh-huh. That's right. See, unlike other ones, like, I don't know, G.I. Joe, and I'm not going to start singing the theme song again because we know we'll never get past that on this episode <laughs> from G.I. Joe the movie, but I'm tempted. <laughs> stop, stop. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to show some self-restraint for once in my life. Cobra! <laughs> and there we Fighting go. through the night. There okay, I'm good. I'm good. You good? You good? All right. I'm good. I'm good. We'll just hashtag the other episode. I'll sing it in my own private time. Um, 
So unlike G.I. Joe being the only, you know, not only, as I said, G.I. Joe started off as a toy, turned into a toy series. He-Man, the same thing, started off as a toy, turned into a toy series, along with Transformers. And there's other properties. But way before that, it it started off with Rom the Space Knight. I'm not saying Rom the Space Knight was the first one. No, but as early memory, Rom started off as a toy, a 12-inch action figure. And it had different names that they were trying to go through at the time. So originally, Ron... Rom, not Ron, Rom's mm-hmm. origin dealt with stuff like, uh, first of all, they wanted to make him an Egyptian uh, magician, and they didn't like that look. Mm-hmm. Then uh, it was three guys that turned around and came up with a pattern for Rom. They had the electronic lights and the talking and everything like that, and they changed him into a robot and said, okay, well, what names can we give him? And they sort of look, you know, back then in the 70s, you wanted to give him cool futuristic names because the whole space thing was going like rampant. Why? Star Wars. Mm. These are not the droids you're looking for. I know I just did the Vulcan Let's Live symbol, and I did the whole Star Wars. I meshed two worlds together. I get what I'm doing, okay? Don't worry about it. But once again, space, you know, because Star Wars had that whole thing of bringing back the whole sci-fi genre from, I guess, an uncheesy way to more, oh, my God, it's so cool. Mm -hmm. So everyone was jumping on the bandwagon. So that being said, the toy came out came out uh, as a, a giant, it looked like a robot. It was a 12-inch figure. And with the figure, when they finally got it, it was, it was made by Parker Brothers. So Parker Brothers is more known for board games. Right? They, you know, yeah. If you're thinking like Monopoly and Sorry and all those things, like I'm not saying they made all of those, but they, that's, that's their genre. And this was the first time they got into the toy market. And Rob mm-hmm. was the only one they made. And they sold between like 200 to 300,000 of these units so it was successful mm-hmm. but they never made any others they never gave him a villain to fight as a toy you can buy at the time they didn't make other you know units and then the names they had going before they even settled on Rob they had like you know uh, they had Cobalt which was a computer language you know right. and and Fortran and and, uh, and so they finally settled on Rom why because it sounded cool it had nothing to do with what his function was. It's just like, does it sound good? Yeah. Sold. Do it. Sold. Sold. Wrap it up quick. Wrap it up quick. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So that's how ROM came about to be. Um, And and then when they did that, it it just, you know, said, okay, well, we got to find a way to advertise it. So Parker Parker Brothers Mm -hmm. owned ROM, the toy. But they wanted to expand on the story. So they turned to our buddies over at Marvel Comics, the House of Ideas. Enough said. And said, can you do something? You know? It's like, I can't, can you help me? <laughs> and Marvel saying, wait a minute, how much money is involved probably in, in that deal? And said, heck yeah. Come this way, my pretty. I have some plans for you, Mr. Bond. <laughs> right? Sorry. 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 And the, the, the people behind it, so once again, they went over to, you know, um, the, the Marvel Comics, and in 1979, Marvel Comics published issue number one of Rom the Space Knight. So let's go. Parker Brothers owns Rom the Toy, Mm-hmm. Rom the Space Knight and all its backstory was created by Marvel Comics. Right. Uh oh, here we go. Today, why 
everyone we yeah see when too many people in there everyone want their money they can't come to agreement things just don't work out so mm-hmm. it's the only toy that parker brothers made they scrapped it they went back to board games even though it was somewhat i would say successful uh for the price point it was at at the time when it was out marvel comics said hey we can take this and imagine it so they turned around to somebody they were looking around at different people and most people were like man we're too busy we got deadlines to meet i'm not gonna be able to write the storyline so right. one person who was working as an inker at Marvel at the time said, hey, I can do the story. I, I can do a f- story for a first issue and have a treatment ready when you need it by tomorrow. I'm on it. Then he sat down. I'll and went, be back. Yeah. And then he like, sat down and went, oh, no, what did I do? Because he wanted to get more into writing. So this person was Bill Metlow. Mm-hmm. So Bill, if you've probably heard me mention before, and we haven't got too deep into him at times. Bill is a person who was the writer behind Micronauts, right? Which is, and everyone's heard me mention it, that it's a huge thing for me, toy-wise, and even the comic books back then. So he was behind Micronauts. He was behind ROM. I'm like, oh, wow. And this is coming out, you know, at the time, like Micronauts, Shogun Warriors, ROM, they were all in that world together. Right. So what they did was build the Space Knight aspect of it. So as I said, first issue came out in December of 1979, ran for 75 issues, had four annuals attached to that series in its original run. And then over time, it's changed hands where it came back with IDW. They ran a comic and they kind of put it in the Hasbro universe because at one point Hasbro bought uh, Parker and got the rights for these characters. So they got the rights for ROM. They got the rights for Micronauts. They got the rights for Action Man. You know, um, they got the rights for uh, Transformers. So this is why there was talks that Hasbro was going to turn around and do a Hasbro cinematic universe with the kickoff of the G.I. Joe movie. So we've had two G.I. Joe movies. I know we've had multiple Transformer movies, but their whole thing was to do a universe just like how Marvel and DC are doing their universes and to bring in ROM and the Space Knights. But with ROM, as I said, a company owns... The, the toy rights and you know marvel has the lore oh, right mm. very tight very very sticky that's a very sticky situation that's that's a messy divorce right there i'm telling you right now who did what who created what that's a messy divorce right what you know the chicken you know what came first the chicken or the egg who made what more popular was the toy more popular than a comic book or did the comic mm-hmm. book make the toy more popular listen well well i can say definitely the toy, although the toy made the book popular, I will say it's more of the book that made the toy popular. Thank the you. It's is more because, like you said, the toy only, they, so Parker, Parker Brothers only did that one, that one unit, that yep. one, that one entity yep. type of scenario. And, um, basically had no, no one to counter him. Nothing along that line. Nope. Then as well, you start to see like, okay. They only did it for a certain amount of time, and then oh, that's it. No more, no more properties. We're not bringing anything else. But if this one can go, the comic book could go basically for seventy-five issues. Basically, Barry did say starting in nineteen seventy-nine. It ended in February of nineteen eighty-six. So you're looking at seven years of Rom, the Space Knight, being pushed. That lore has been created right there. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, but again, you know. Uh, I decree and I declare. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 
conditions of what to say. Uh, I am not in that particular state of mind to say. Right. But I will say what I can. (laughs) I'll say it. You missed it. So, I mean, Rom turned around and he he did team up with the X-Men at one point in his original stories, in his Mm -hmm. run. The X-Men did do a crossover with him. He's teamed up with the Fantastic Four. He, he's teamed yeah. up with various members of the of the Marvel Universe over mm-hmm. time, be it yep. if he's fought them or teamed up with them. So he's in the lore, but because of how things are going, we're not going to get that back. So now, this is what brought us to talk about Rom, because we think that was so cool. Like, Rom the Space Knight. Sounds cool. Now, why did this book reach out more to me than the toy? Well, let's put it this way. When I went to my parents and said, Mom, Dad, I want a Rom toy. They went, really? Okay, and I looked at the price, and then I thought about it. There's nothing else. If I bought the G.I. Joe 12-inch line, I can get good guys. I can get accessories. I can get all this other stuff, right? I can get play sets. I'm all, okay, cool. I know what interacts within that world. If I got the Bionic Man 12-inch doll, once again, villains, accessories, other people within that world that I can add on to those things with action figures and that. So, ROM. It's just ROM. It's just ROM. It's only read only, read only, read only memory, right? Read only memory. I I, I read it. (laughs) I rather read the comic to say, "Oh, this is how you interact," than to say, "Well, I've got the toy, but there's no one else from his universe that Mm -hmm. I could." There's not other space knights. There's not other villains that, like you know, He Man had Skeletor. GI Joe's got Cobra. The original GI Joe had to fight different things with um, the action team, okay? Or he had cool accessories or. All right, then Big Jim had good guys and bad guys. He had to fight with accessories. Micronauts, come on, Baron Kaza. So Mm -hmm. this is where they messed up. They started off the toy line great, and then they just didn't expand it. I don't know if they didn't believe in it, what was their overall premise, but this is what they ended up missing on. Okay, so now we're going to get back to the comic book. So I said issue number one of the comic book, Frank Miller did the outside art of the cover, Mm -hmm. but the inside art was done by uh, Sal Buscemi. Oh, sorry. Right. You know, uh, Buscemi. Okay. Or Buscema. Forgive me my pronunciation. We all know after two years in the show, I suck at names. But it was Sal who did it. Bill was writing it. 75 issues. And when I say they expanded on this whole thing about Rom the Space Knight, I like that because I was into the Dungeons and Dragons still am. Mm -hmm. Medieval, you know, Excalibur. So right there, Rom, okay, read only memory. Got it. And then Space Knight, oh, Space Knights, Knights, okay, that sounds cool, sounds honorable. Mm -hmm. And then even rereading these books back, he did have the qualities of a knight. They they really made him that way. So his origin Mm -hmm. was, he was on a planet called uh, Galador, 200 years in the past, right? And on Galador, they they were a peaceful planet, they started getting invaded. They realized they had to do something to defend themselves from this race called the Dyraths. So the Dyraths used a lot of magic. They were supposed to be evil, and they were shape changers. They almost looked like demons, but they were mm-hmm. shape changers. And they were coming in there with their ways. So where Galadora had ma- science, they had magic. They would go in there, you know, suck out people's uh, essence and souls, shape change into that person, and then integrate that way. They were like a parasitic... Yeah... Life entity. force. Yeah, uh, life force, entity, you know. Race. Yeah. A parasitic race. So Infiltration. they had to find the, the defenders Infiltrators. That's all it is. They were basically more like infiltrators. Infiltrate. That's right. Get in there and destroy and take over. So now the prime one, who was the leader of Galador, right? King of the world. 
goals by the prime one said, Hey, we need to find some people to turn around and help us defend our, our way of life from these die rafts with our science. What can we do? And they came up with different weapons they can use. So they had one, which is an analyzer and a neutralizer that wouldn't kill them per se. It would send them into limbo. It would send, and it only affect their life species. So if it was, you know, if you use the analyzer, it wouldn't be danger to anyone else except for them. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Then turned around and said, well, we need people. We're not going to draft people. We want people to volunteer. So Rom on his pilot Galador and on Galador, they were humanoid. They all looked like humans, normal people. Rom volunteered. And he went into this and said, okay. And what they did is they created, they made him a cyborg. So they put part of his living organs inside this robotic body shell with, was it platinum or, you know, uh, which was a metal on their planet, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be up there with vibranium and adamantium, that strong, cased in it. So it have his brain, part of his skull. And then for the rest of his remains, they wouldn't discard them. They took those and put them in kind of suspended animation. So when you finish your term as a space knight and you come back, they can take out your body from the knight armor mm-hmm. and reassemble it with your human self. And then you go on as your human self. So, you know, for example, all you need it, you know, it's pretty much, well, we'll transplant his brain. We'll transplant a couple of things in there to kind of give him some motor function so they don't feel too alienated. It was almost like Robocop. <laughs> The facts is exactly one of the impressions that came to me, you know, reading through this comics and everything like that. You did get that that Robocop type of feel. Right. And uh, it it was. Now you're trying to think who came first in the chicken and the egg. I believe this is definitely before, uh, definitely before Robocop. So you oh, yeah. Say, mm, this was before Robocop. But, but but you can clearly see that you can see the similarities. To give well, uh, absolutely. Idea. And keep in mind the key word I said, right? Who did the cover art in 1979? Mm. Frank Miller. Who was the writer behind Robocop? Mm. Frank Miller. Mm. He he helped develop the idea of Robocop. And if you watch number two or three, even though they've not been uh, like big successes, his script was the idea behind it. They changed, ended up changing it to what he didn't want it to be. But he was the writer. So, huh. Interesting. Hmm. Riddle me this. <laughs> right? Hmm. So we go through with Rom the Space Knight. And when I said you, you realize it, he wasn't, and he was known as the greatest Space Knight because he sacrificed the most. And when I say 200 years in the past, here it goes. He hmm. starts off as the first one to volunteer to become the very first Space Knight on Galador. In a different galaxy far, far, far away. Pick me, pick me, pick me. Right? So he was the first Space Knight. And then they made other people volunteered after him to become Space Knights. And with it, you had him in his case in his full armor, which was all in silver. He had an analyzer, a neutralizer, um, you know, a translator. On his back, it was a rocket pack. So he had increased strength. He didn't, you know, the robot had like light up eyes and little things Mm -hmm. that would light up. And that's how they kind of portrayed that, too, that he had a visor with two red eyes that would kind of just light up, right? Like sparks. Then those were his eyes. You would hear him breathing. The robot would have a breathing thing, like almost like Darth Vader. That Okay. So, but he didn't need food. He didn't need to sleep. You know, he was just constantly going, going, going. He didn't, he wasn't held down by those things. He was like mm-hmm. their version of Super Soldier. Right. Okay. okay. 
Then he goes and helps with the rest of the Space Knights. He leads them. So he's not a person. He's not a military person. He's just a normal person in there. I believe he was a scientist, but he was not a a warlike person looking for a fight. He was not like up on red meat and wanted to beat up everybody. He was a laid back person like Norn Rad, the Silver Surfer, and says, hey, I got to do what I got to do to defend my way of life. Right. You know, pick me. Left. So he defended it, led the Space Knights, defended uh, Galador, pushed them all the way back to their home planet. And just when everyone was saying, hey, we're good, we can stop here. He's like, no, they've conquered four other world or, or, or galaxies you know around before we've got to make sure the buck stops here mm. and he took the world his fight back to the uh, home world like single-handedly and he started taking them down single-handedly teleporting them all over to limbo so they wanted to you know be a menace to anybody else going forward now they realized that he was on you know he was on a quest the Dyrafts turned around and said, we got to go. They abandoned ship. They left their planet and they spread out all through the universe. So his plan backfired. He thought they would stay there and just fight him one-on-one until he dealt with them all, not realizing they would do the better part of Valor and say, look, we got to cut out and we'll deal with him later on. Well, that's what they did. They, they all went out to different parts of the universe. So that being said, they're scattered. Mm-hmm. And he felt guilty. He felt remorse. Because what he intended to do was stop them, but because of his actions, he caused it to spread. So when they're saying, well, Galador is safe, you can come back. He was like, no, I've unleashed this evil on the rest of the universe. I'm not going to stop until they are all taken care of. Mm -hmm. Rom the Space Knight, out. And that's how he takes off. And he starts chasing him all through the galaxy. So where issue number one takes place in 1979 is... You see this meteorite coming to Earth, and it crash lands. And I can't remember where he crash landed. It was like some little city. city. Yeah, it's, it's a known city, but it was like it was like downtown York or something like that. Yeah, and I'll get it. Keep going. I'll no I'll problem. I literally so he, just saw it. Right. So he crash lands. He gets there. He comes out of this fiery rock, and that was his, that first page of page one of that comic book. You know, you see in three panels. Okay, meteor comes down, crash lands in the middle of the road. Then it shows a hand coming up, and then you see him coming out, splitting this like rock in two or moving around of the rebel in two, and he's part on flame, and he's just looking around. And then the next page is a car coming up with a girl named Brandy, and she's like sees him, goes, "Oh my gosh!" Swerves, and she almost goes off the road, off this mountain road. And he's looking at her, and he thought, "It's like, wait a minute, won't she save herself?" Oh, wait a minute, she can't save herself. So he grabs the back of her car with two hands and puts it back on the road, pulls out his analyzer, which she doesn't know. He pulls the trigger. It's all red. She's like, oh, my gosh, alien death ray. I'm going to die. Nothing happens. He flies off. <laughs> well, you know, me. Nope, no, nope. nope, not you. <laughs> you are not the person I'm looking for. Exactly. And flies off, lands like in the downtown core of that city, Claire. lands a whole bunch of people. And people are like, oh my gosh, he's trying to kill us. And then like, there's two of them like, uh-oh, you know who that Come is. Uh, there's no place to run. There's no place to hide. Then he pulls out another weapon from the pocket dimension. So his weapons would appear in his hand or go back in his pocket dimension. So he would pull out you know, the analyzer. Okay. Pulls out the, the nullifier. Got it. Boom, boom. Two shots. Kills off these two people. Now, to everyone watching, 
It's, oh my gosh, he's killed off these two people that we've known for years in this town. Right. Him, he knows are giraffes. Us, as, as, as puny humans, earthlings. Humans. 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 We have no idea what's all. All you see as a, as a human from our perspective is a robot just showed up, landed in the middle of town, pulled the trigger, kind of with a, a ray. We all got bathed in a red ray. Then another ray comes out, shoots two, and all that's left is a pile of ashes mm-hmm. in a humanoid shape. Because every time he sends them to limbo, this is what they leave behind. <laughs> And of course, what do you think that causes? Mass panic. Mass panic, pandemonium, people running everywhere, run it. Of course, you don't know who's next. Dun 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 dun. Now he's peaceful, but we don't know that. Right. See? This this is where he he gets into. And of course, Brandy does show up because she follows him into town. And sees him, and then he kind of analyzes her again, and he he picks up the the English language, and he starts talking like very broken robotic because he's kind of still absorbing the language. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "You can speak English." He's like, "Yeah, I just you know, I I, I had to do what I had to do." Right. And she's like, "Well, you just killed off two people I've known for years since since, I, since elementary school." He's like, "No, no, they weren't people; they were aliens." She's like, "How can I trust you?" She's like, "I went to school with these people. I, I know those two people you just killed." They weren't people. They were aliens. <laughs> As part of, part of my protocol, they're aliens. What? They're aliens. They're yes. Aliens. Of course. You know, alien shows up, kills off two people. What do you think happens? Well, send in the charge of the light brigade. The army shows up and they start attacking Rom. Now, rightfully so, he didn't come in peace. He came to put people in pieces. Uh, facts. Right, and the army shows up, and they start attacking them, and you know, of course, flamethrowers, of course, mm. right. bullets, mm. you know, uh, a tank throws like is, is shooting cannon shells at him. Mm. He's just like shrugging it all off and throwing a tank around. So clearly, he's got enough power to pick up a tank. You know, he came from outer space, crash landed mm-hmm. on Earth, so to speak, or how we see it. He, he came in like really aggressively. So bullets and flamethrowers ain't gonna do nothing to his shell. Mm-hmm. The inside technology is not going to rattle the human technology. It is a protective shell. As I said, it's up there with par with adamantium and vibranium. So, you know, if Wolverine shows up and tries to claw him, like Wolverine says, Claw City, uh, he, he ain't going to do nothing. He's just going to make sparks. Good. But it was that misconception. So that was what his first story arc was. And he starts talking to Brandy. And then the rest of the issue breaks down to the origin of Rom prior mm-hmm. being a space knight and kind of giving a backstory of the die rafts and all that because as a fan you just read issue one he crash landed scanned turned around uh went downtown scanned more people shot two people fought the army that was it we didn't know what his motivation was all we know is he's a space knight so we know that when he's got his own book and he's a space knight so he can't not be evil he's a knight he didn't say evil from our side exactly from our side our perspective yes yeah yeah uh, we get to learn that and then and he goes through his whole thing so um, you know, uh, at times there's mis- you know, misunderstandings where he thinks that some mutant is, uh, you know, a, a Dyrath and, or vice versa. And this is where the X-Men come into like a two issue story arc crossover. Uh, right. So it, it is what it is. It, it, it was a lot of fun. So, and, and what I said, they really kind of thought more about the character being a knight. This is what I, I enjoy is like, if you look up 
the qualities of being a knight. Now, I think it was Ethan Hawke that said his aunt or some one of his relatives passed away and they had this old document in the house where it dealt with what should be a knight written by a certain person. You know, now I'm not sure how true that is, but it gave the, the 20 steps, the 20 parts of what it is to be a medieval knight, to be a knight, mm-hmm. what, what it really was going with. Um, and, you know, as I said, uh, 20 rules for a knight, a timeless guide from 1483, right? And it was written by Sir Thomas Limmel Hawk of Cornwall. So Ethan Hawke's great, 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 great relative. Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. Ethan Hawke, yes, the actor I'm talking about. Right. So this book will say, okay, the 20 rules for being a knight. So one, mm-hmm. solitude. You got to have time to kind of think about yourself, reflect on your actions before you know what you're going there. You don't go into a situation rash. All right, he's been around 200 years in space going by himself. Yeah, he hits the solitude. Humanity. Well, it's Rom the Space Knight. He's a cyborg. He's not a robot, you know. So clearly he has human aspects inside of him. He's got his human brain. He's not a machine like the 108, you know, Cyberdyne system Terminator. (laughs) So got that checked. Gratitude. Well, he's grateful for life because he's trying to defend it from evil. So he's not going in there shooting everybody without reason. He's only going after the Dyrath and the Dyrath only. And he would only kind of fight others that defend himself, not to cause injury. That was always his thing. Probable cause. Basically, he's going with probable cause. There's only reason why I'm actually shooting or approaching anybody is because I'm trying to find the Dyrath. That's it. That's I'm, it. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an innocent bystander. That's all I'm doing. Right? You're minding my own business, son. Minding my mind own business. business. Mind, your, mind your business. Mind, mind, your, mind, business. mind your business. Mind your business. Right? You know, pride. He he has no, he's, he's not like conceited about it. He just says, I'm a knight. But he's mm-hmm. not like, kind of rubbing it in people's face thinking he's better than them. He's, he's on the same level with them. So, you know, that that's the thing. You know, cooperation. Right? He walks his own path. He's willing to work with others and, and, and have others work with him for a common goal mm-hmm. friendship yeah he, he's very laid back so these are good qualities you know that he will turn around and he shows as a space knight he saved brandy he develops a good friendship with brandy over mm-hmm. the course of his run in the 75 issues him and brandy start off as you know she sees him but by issue 75 well, they fall in love, and he gets back his humanity at the very end. Like, Galador is totally uh, destroyed. He comes in there. He has to battle because at one point there was another space knight that took the, his other human remains, got duplicate ar- uh, armor, and called himself Rom, and he took over Galador. And people thought, oh, this guy is this guy is Rom. And it was like, no, it was like his evil version of himself, right? Every, every hero's got to have an evil version. Like, Superman has Bizarro. <laughs> Spider-Man got Venom. Right. Uh, uh, Ram. My head is just going with Ram. Like Ram and Ram. Just right. Know what, Ram, what Ram stands for is like data and lore. But we won't get into that. Right. Kit and car. Okay. So every, so they gave him his evil version of himself. And this evil version took over as the prime one on Galador as the leader. And Ram had to fight him, get past that, had to later on issues. He had to get back his human remains from this guy's body. You know, because a guy took his Rom's remains to kind of um, have his DNA. So, you know, 
Then they found out who it really was. So he was a disgraced knight. He had to deal with that. So at the end of Rom's run, they gave him the happy ending and issue 75 that he gets there. He proves who he is. He's gone through a lot of anguish. And, you know, Brandy's now left Earth and is on Galador with him. She's fallen in love with this knight. But, of course, he's he's a machine at this point on the outside. But he gets his humanity back. His body becomes whole again after 200 years. Him and Brandy, you know, he gets back his body. So Rom stops being a space knight, becomes the prime one again. Or, sorry, the true prime one or the next prime one. And his goal is to rebuild Galador. Mm-hmm. And there is a mini series that covers what happens after that, and we'll touch on that for a second. Brandy and him pretty much become husband and wife, right? In all sense of the word, he's now a man again. And the rest of the space knights said, "Hey, we'll let you rebuild Galador, and we're going to go into space to make sure that Galador stays safe. We're going to take up for you, Rom, until it's safe, and we will come back and get back our humanity. Our reward is that finally the greatest knight is returned back. He's like the Lancelot of them, right?" So there's where I got a little bit with friendship. Uh, the other one is forgiveness. He does forgive a lot where the other person took his humanity, like took his human remains, took over Galador. He does forgive that person for doing it. He, he's not, he, he, he was angry at one point, but he did forgive the actions. He forgave the actions of those that really wronged him. So he really was there. Honesty. He was honest. He never tried to deceive anybody. So that pretty much stays for itself. Courage, come on, he left his home planet for 200 years to hunt these people down by himself without no help. Yeah, that's that's courage. He does display grace. He does have patience. Once again, he left home for 200 years. Okay, can you leave home for 200 years and not go back? Mm. Justice. Well, that explains it. There you go. Generosity. Discipline. Yeah, he was disciplined. He never gave up on being a space knight to right the wrong in his mind that he caused. Dedication. Did I mention he left this planet for 200 years by himself, going around the universe to wipe out this enemy? That's dedication. Mm -hmm. You know, speech, right? Faith, uh, equality, love. We touched about that with him and Brandy before. That that definitely started a love there. Uh, and and death so as i said here with death their definition of it for being a knight is life is a long series of farewells only the circumstances should surprise us Mm -hmm. a knight concerns himself with gratitude for the life he has been given he does not fear death for the work one knight brings all uh, others may finish so he understand that when he started off this journey as a space knight he could die in the line of duty but he knows the other ones would pick up where he left off to make sure they would finish his quest. Right. Okay. At the end of his run, he 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 accomplished what he needed to do to a, a good degree. Got back to Galadar. They get gave him back his humanity, and then the Space Knight said, "Hey, you your new quest is to rebuild this planet. You are the the prime one." We will be in space defending you our, to finish off the work you finished, but your new job is to rebuild our planet. Are you up to it? Are you up to it? He does have the, the main 20 points of being a knight. Mm-hmm. In space, but being a knight. Space knight. Right? Come on. So, you know, as I said, as a reading suggestion, if I had to say it, 
if you have to read anything, you got to read the original Ron the Space Knight. Right. I mean, that that yeah. there goes really well. And those last couple of issues, the artist was um, uh, Steve Ditko. So Steve Ditko, we did talk about him when we mentioned Hawk and Dove. We did talk about him when we did a couple of weeks ago, Shade the Changing Man. He was a creator. Steve Ditko drew, wrote, sorry, drew the, the last couple of issues of Rom the Space Knight. And he also worked on Micronauts at one point. So, you know, and this is me just assuming it seemed that him and Bill Matlow, seem to get along pretty well because they've worked on their projects together at times over the years. Mm-hmm. Right. So Rob to me was the space Knight. So is this a character that we can see today? I would love to. I, I would absolutely love to. What's your thoughts, Rod? Listen, the, this character is very, is very, um, I'm trying to think. There are not that many characters in the Marvel universe that have that type of quality of a knight. You know, I mean, you have a couple, whatever case, and everybody has their, you know, their pros and cons and faults and stuff along that line. Uh, creating this character straight from the get go with that type of honor, um, having that, the, the mindset and the, um, what is the proper one I'm trying to think of the, the stature of being someone right. who's like saying, I made a mistake. Let's start with that. So we, we all, everything all stands back. This whole issue, this whole run, these 75 issues all stem from him believing that he could do the best quality is trying to defeat the, the Darites and put them, you know, and have them thinking that they will stay on their own planet. And like you said, he made, he, he made the, um, he made the mistake of <laughs> underestimating them. <laughs> and, and thinking that they would stay and they mess and they left. So he made that mistake and he met and realized, Ooh, I messed up my bad. And to be a proper individual, he realizing this is all because of me. I, I'm just going to have to, I hope it won't take this long, but I'm going to go and just try to correct the wrong I made. So we'll start with that. That's how I look at it. That this guy basically um, has that kind of quality that you don't see. And you can clearly show that because of all the runs, all the interactions with him now being part of the Marvel Universe, interaction with the thing, having action with the Hulk, having yeah. interaction with the X-Men, Fantastic Four, you know, all um, I saw Power Man, um, Luke Cage and Power Man. So yes. it just shows that they had him all over in different aspects. And you can clearly see you're having you're having good conversations with uh, Thing because, you know. Although Ben Ben may look like he's all mean, that's a big teddy bear. He's a good guy type yep. of scenario. Having yep. a conversation with Iron Fist, who's another honorable person as well, but you can see that you can you can parlay, parlay that that writing, that script, that particular episode could definitely have been a very enlightening. Where these ones are helping each other in their own you know type of um, uh, dialect and how the conversation is going at that end. So for me, I like I like this character. I will admit. Growing up, I saw Rob. Yeah, seen a couple of episodes, read a couple of episodes, a couple of issues. Uh-huh. But it was it was like, huh, this is interesting. But because I realized there was definitely a lot more, you could tell that if you came in halfway or third right. in, you're going to miss out on what's the real backstory. Because by that time, you're not going to know the story. You'll hear about the Dirath and everything like that. Okay, mm-hmm. he's searching. He's he's going after this. What's the reason why? So I will admit, growing up, I did not follow him only because I did read it a couple of times. Right. But I, it was interesting. But it was it was one of those things like 
if you didn't know the lore of it from back then, you would have to like, you know, you have to do some catching up. Thank God for online, you know, um, you know, online reading and stuff like that. So I have the ability now to catch up. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm filling gaps. I'm filling gaps here with that. Um, so I will say definitely the space night, the writing was, was, um, was on point in the sense of showing this is the tunnel. This is the characteristics of a night. Yeah. Okay. So he flies around. Cool. He's on a space, space narge. And that's all it is. <laughs> we will keep him in, in, in this boundary and this type of, you know, uh, I'm trying to remember who is the character, um, it's on DC. Um, the, the, the forever, oh, the night, the other night. Oh my goodness. Anyways, well, we won't get that's on DC. Maybe we'll do, we'll talk about him another day. Okay. Uh, but I, I, it'll come to me afterwards. But again, qualities of a knighthood, and you're basically saying, like, okay, the person is going to do no wrong, you know, uh, you know, do the honorable thing and all that kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, are you talking about the Shining Knight? Thank you. Shining Knight. There we go. Okay. Yeah. All Star Squadron. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So it was like night. And I'm like, there's a word before the night. Like, first night. Oh, we got to have another word. <laughs> right, because right. it can't just be a night; it's got to be sh- shining night. But yeah, shining. I, I hear you with all of that, and I agree with that, right? And I think that they really portrayed it well. And that, you know, the the off was the toy only lasted so long, but the the, 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 the mythos that they created went on mm-hmm. for years up to now. And right. as I said, Hasbro came back. So as I said, key things to go back to look at your comic book store for is one: get the original Space Knight run. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when I say Space Knight run, sorry, Rom the Space Knight. The original mm-hmm. runner we're talking about, those four, first 75 issues, the four back issues. And as we always tell you, go back to your comic book stores. For us, you know, it's either Wow Comics or Check Swings in Montreal, one of the respective, wherever you're at, or, or find your nearest book with store within your area. Support the book so it keeps everything going. That's, that, that's for sure. We're not wrapping up the show yet because we haven't done our, our, our fan casting yet. We still got all that to go through. So mm-hmm. I think, yes, he hit the whole thing with the Space Knight. I understand the qualities of a knight. I did see it portrayed in this character. You know, as best as it could be for the eighties, uh, or sorry, the late seventies, early eighties. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he, he was a knight, literally in shining armor. <laughs> Space knights. I, I, he was silver. His whole top to bottom was uh, silver. And the city. He and I was looking for that. The city. Yeah, Clariton. That's right, Clariton, which is yeah. a small West Virginia city, population fourteen thousand. Yeah, it's a fictional one. It's a fictional one, but they had it at least in Virginia. So at least you know, I know Virginia. How about yeah. that wonderful little city? I don't know about that city. Well, let's put away, man. 14,000 people. Let's put away. Uh, Marvel usually kind of makes always real places. So 14,000 population. Oh, uh, that's a that's city like, that will see aliens. Just saying. I do a joke on stage about, you know, uh, seeing aliens. And aliens don't show up in the big cities. Aliens always show up in a small town. 14,000? Yeah. He's primed to see aliens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how the army got there so quick, but they saw aliens. Well, you know, yeah. if you go back, I, I, I was checking it up and I was confirming actually because there were other race on the uh, other right, Darites that were part of that part of the organization. Because even Ramallah saying, I can't figure out how you guys, how can these guys find me so fast? Right. And basically they were in a sense tricking the government, the military to attack Ra. And yes. That was, that was it. So, but realize yes. they even said like, yeah, we know they won't be able to penetrate his, his skin and do any harm. We may have to interject and help out type of scenario. Right. But at least that kind of answers that. So it's just showing that 
rum was uh his tracker let's go over to the let's go over to the west side let's go over to the east side of the united states no no, no, no. virginia west virginia we're focusing on here it's a it's a good plethora of rats, uh, rats, <laughs> uh, rats over here for some okay. reason all, once again goes to aliens landing in a small city once again if you heard see me do some of my jokes on stage about where to find aliens it makes sense <laughs> just saying just saying. it makes sense so here now it brings us so i said you got to get the original run but in mm-hmm. other keynote runs i would say so the original run space night you know issues this first 75 issues of course mm-hmm. got to start off the ground floor then there was a six issue miniseries just called space nights which i think was a cool read now mm-hmm. due to legal reasons they couldn't say rom the space night but they still mentioned the character in there because he's still the prime one. He's still married to Brandy and he has a kid and his kid takes up the armor and goes by the name Liberator and has armor very close looking to the original ROM one, just a little bit modernized with other space knights mm. and gets in there defending. But his dad doesn't put on the space knight armor again, or I think he does, but it's you no, know, his dad doesn't do it, but his son, who's the prince, does. And, but mm. it's called Space Knights because I said they couldn't say Rom the Space Knight. As I said, just due to legal reasons of who owned the name and where the mythos. So Marvel's able to do it because they they own the mythos. They just couldn't come out straight out and say Rom. They just had to say Prime One. But if you're a fan of the original series, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. Right? Just. And if you didn't know, now you know. And then IDW turned around and did their run where they're trying to do a whole Hasbro run. But those were the key ones that really stood out to me. And then there was a three-issue miniseries by IEW, sorry, IW, IDW called Diraths, which kind of wraps up the story kind of nice. It, it, and it gives you a little bit more lore. So I think those are the three key ones you got to go. Obviously, read the first 12 issues. Check out Space Knights. Of course, read a couple of, you know, the first annual, the last. So I would say read the first 12 issues. You can always get the appearances when he crosses over to other people. Mm-hmm. Read the last... 10 issues ish that will give you some good stuff to see how it kind of changed then into the six issue series mini series space nights then follow it up with die rafts you don't really need to read all the i uh dw stuff i mean it's cool to see how they, interf- they interact with mask gi joe transformers and micronauts and seeing how that technology is kind of shared and used you know but though but the die raft one really kind of makes a staple for me so that being said, mm. brings us to the time, Rod. Mm. Fan casting! Fan mm. casting! When it comes to fan casting, let's get into a couple aspects before we dive right into it. One, Rod, mm. how would you see this property? Would you want to see this as a series, a movie, a cartoon? What's your thoughts? I, I definitely want to actually, I want to keep it as a cartoon. I want to I want to put it not keep it like it never really originally was, but I want to right. put it as a cartoon, and then give you give 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 us the ability to 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 span out, seeing that right. there's so many different there's different. It's not like saying we only had Rom the Space Knight only the 1979 um, issue. We're talking 2016, like you said. There's so many different narrative on on that i right. would rather have that being 
a, a cartoon, which gives them the liberty to just kind of like do just like a comic. You have you have what the, the twenty two pages. You have enough to do enough issues. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a do do a show within that parameters. And that it will continue growing. And it'll, you know, it'll still reflect the stuff from the previous episode, the previous episode, whatever case okay, it be. Okay. But I would, I will go with a cartoon because a series, a series would be good. Even if you had a, an animated, uh, like a cartoon series, it's similar in the same sense, but at least a series in my mind, we're still having that type of limitations to a certain degree. Yes. So yes. I would prefer just now, let's put it into, let's put it in the lane of a cartoon. And let it go from there. Now, now it has more of that freedom that it can it can organically grow. It can yeah. move um, move easily. Slash as well. Any any and all, I'm sure of the actions and the and the, the sequences you're gonna you're gonna expect to see is gonna be better portrayed being in a drawn form versus being in a real life form. Right. So that will pull away from a movie. That will pull away from a a series or a live series, I will pull away from that and give it more of the, you know, then it be drawn, you know, let it be drawn however way, CGI, you know, you know, 3D, what, you know, cartoon, how, however we're going to get it, but I'd rather have it in that particular con, um, contents yeah. is where I would go. I would go with a cartoon at least going from that aspect and give it to me like that. Okay. Okay. I agree with you. I agree. and you know what? There's no buts with that. I agree with you 100. percent Because my my thought about it too was I looked at all those avenues, and I said yes, definitely a cartoon series because the cartoon series one you're not going to be constricted with a budget because of special effects. You, you know, it's easier to do draw an explosion than to CGI an explosion. It's cheaper. Then right. it also gives you a lot more time to get into the lore of the character because you're going to deal with Rom the Space Knight, the rest of the Space Knights. You can even go as far as including when things wrap up and do a follow-up series with his son taking over, being mm-hmm. the new Space Knight. You know, I, I, and you can kind of keep that going good for a good few good seasons and be interesting, Absolutely. not like fluff episodes, Absolutely. like really interesting, well-written episodes. So you got, I you got, your... you got enough source material. You got enough source material. To build up, you know, you know, you know, you know how we say those words. Those particular two words together, source material, source material, indeed. So, this is where it comes down to. So now we got it. So we're both on the same page of cartoon series on this one, okay? You know, mm-hmm. and as a fans, please let us know if you agree or not. We would love to hear back from you. Here's my question for you: Who is your voice for Rom the Space Knight? Listen, I'm gonna go with. Um... I'm going to say a name. I'm, I'm dead sure. I know we've, we've mentioned this particular individual, uh, uh-huh. okay. other times and other things. So this is, so this guy, he, he's not, he's not like he's already known to the cartoon voiceover world. Okay. Simply put, I'm just going to go straight. I'm going to go with the man, the legend, the man they call Mr. Phil Lemer. Phil oh. Lemer. Now, Oh. Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. Like, I, I, I'm not saying that anybody else couldn't do what mm-hmm. he, what can be done. I mean, again, this is voiceover, so you don't really need that face type of scenario. So we can, we can, uh, in my mind, I'm going cartoons. Now, yes. here's the reason why I wanted to go with Phil. All right. I wanted to go with Phil. I'm going to go with Phil for, he has two characters. We, we know that he already does. If you can, I can't immediately think, 
of a character that he currently has that has a combination. But if someone can combine these two characters into one, it would be Phil. He does the voice for Jon Stewart. Green Lantern, Justice League, yes. He does the voice for Samurai Jack. That's right. So we're now talking about a space night. We're going from the aspect of, okay, we're going like military, you know, taking orders and, you know, handling his business, going strategically, knowing how to take (laughs) that. He's the first one. He's coming in. And especially at the end when he's basically saying like, okay, guess what? We're going to call you now. We want you to stay and become the prime director. What? Yeah. We want you to to lead and take that. You got the military mind. John Stewart aspect. Then, if we're gonna go with the space knight, are you going? You're running down the qualities of a knight. Samurai Jack. What more honorable man is Samurai Jack? I'm just saying, who is more honorable than Samurai Jack? So, to find a combination, well, John Stewart as well. So. To put someone together, mm-hmm. we'll just have a voice. And at this point, we can give Phil the clash blank blanche of, listen, we don't need uh, someone who is uh, African, you know, descendant for John Stewart. We don't right. need anybody to have a, the dialect and the tone of, you know, Japanese for a samurai. Yeah. We don't know what the dialect is. Yes, yes. Out, that was the know, point. Okay. So, so he can just go, this is now... You can do whatever I want. Listen, all I was going to say is I'm going to put a mic in front of you. Stay in the booth. Kick it. Have fun. We'll get brewing your water. You want to have two hours? Do a Robin Williams and just go crazy. And then why I'm saying that, because I just saw, side note, rest in peace, just saw a little clip of him going off, having fun with Good Morning uh, Good morning Vietnam. Yeah. How when he was doing the radio part of it, they just said, like, yeah, you don't understand. Three quarters of what we was what we heard is all ad-libbed. Robin just went in. And you know that's how he does. Same with yeah. Genie and stuff like yeah. that. So okay. we'll just okay. give Phil and said, Phil, listen, what do you want? We're going to Subways. You want something to eat? We'll get you something to eat. Sit back and relax. Enjoy yourself. You want water? We'll get some- Somebody get this amount of water, please. And just hit record. We'll see you back in two hours. And let Phil just go and have his way. He has the parameters of who he already knows. He's like, oh, I got a free, I got a free, now, of course, not a free lunch because, you know, I'm sure it'd be much better than the subway. Sorry, it was the only thing that came in my head. You'll yeah, have something yeah, yeah. Proper. You'll have something proper, of course, at that particular point. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I do believe you, Mr. Phil. You would have some proper food, some proper nourishment. But this is what I would okay. go. So I would, I would, I would throw it into the Phil Lamar uh, world and let him add this to one, add this as another notch in his belt. Right. Um, for voiceovers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord of mercy. That's all I'm going to say. If this man had that, give the man two hours in the booth and then give him a week where he can just like, where the producer's like, hmm, I like this one. I like that one. I like this one. <laughs> wow. Holy Toledo Batman. Holy Toledo Batman is right. Okay. All right. You came in with some hotness. You came in with some hotness. Because I had to do it, had to do it. Wow, I thought we was family. He came out swinging, yo. But as you know, I'm down but never out. <laughs> All right, let's see what you got. Let's see what you got, son. So I agree with you with the cartoon. I agree with you with the 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 direction you're going with, and I see that. 
So the actor that I wanted, that I can see playing him, and 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 when I say playing him, I mean him in all ways. So I'm talking okay. from cartoon to live action. It's the same okay. guy. Now, here's my thought. I got an actor that can play, do his voice, mm-hmm. and as I said, in an animated show. Granted. And also, if Marvel wanted to do a cameo to test him on screen in any kind of their Marvel movies coming forward okay. by, by, you know, and just have him in a cut scene and have him one sentence just to see how he, you know, goes to the audience and if we can get something bigger out of him to his own project, the same actor could still do him live. Okay. Right? This is that, that, that's my thing. I'm looking for double duty connectivity. Not, okay. you know, not one for one and one for the other. It's one for all. It's like the three musketeers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. I, I went back and now this, this actor is he, he, for the past couple of years, he just got on the map and he blew up. Okay. He's easy on the eyes. The voice is smooth. He can portray pain. He can portray humor. He can portray intelligence and quirkiness. He, he, he is playing a knight. He's playing a paladin in an upcoming project too. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's already done the medieval stuff as a romantic lead. He he's going to be a knight in the new Dungeon Dragon live action movie with Chris Pine. Okay, I'm talking, uh, you know, uh, Regie Jean Page. You don't know who it is? Think Bridgerton, okay. the light skinned brother from Bridgerton that played Simon, the main love interest who okay. women lost it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right? Don't change his voice. Let him talk in his normal dialect, right? Because mm-hmm. once again, we don't know how they talk. And of course, Space Knight, when you think Knight, you think someone from the UK. That's where Knight, you know, Samurai started in Japan. Mm-hmm. Knight started over in the UK. What did he got? A British accent. Oh, that's what my boy got. <laughs> got it. Okay. Right? He's playing a paladin. In the, the, the Dungeon Dragon movie, he was in Bridgerton. He was so popular as a character that they want to find it, find ways to bring him back for season two of Bridgerton. But his character was not even in the book in season two. But that's how much people really liked him. Right. They, they, they debated on him in other roles. And if you see him in interviews and everything like that. So he's a young guy. Once again, I know the original ROM was white but let's be in a in a world we are in today and it's not trying to you know mm. put forth a certain media i i understand that and i believe in staying origins with the origins are right at times but sometimes you can have a little bit of a tweak here and there i mean look namor is coming out to be of, of mexican descent in the yeah. new black panther wakanda movie right okay right. cool all for it okay. Right, I'm good with he would have went that way. They would have went more of an Asian way. I that the actor fits it, the actor fits it. I understand that, and they get the heritage behind it. So this actor who was Simon in Bridgerton, his voice does portray well. If you close your eyes, you don't need to see him act to portray the emotion, which okay. would be being a knight as wrong. And of course, now that he's trained and done all these hours. As a paladin, which if you play Dungeons and Dragons, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, a paladin is a knight. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a division of being a knight. So you have a fighter, you have knights, you have paladins. Paladin is a holy warrior. Oh, what did I just say? So he portrays being a knight. 
So even if you turn around and said, well, we want to bring him live action to do a guest role in, I don't know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie or a mm-hmm. crossover with an Avengers movie in the future or a Fantastic Four movie just to have him kind of show up the, the, you know, in the background and say one thing to say people go, oh, man, can you picture the fanfare it would be to know in the credits? Because fans are hardcore these days to know mm-hmm. that, hey. That's the same actor from this who has all this heat behind his name, did the voice of Rom, and they put him on the live action. So he's Rom. So when we do get sequences of him out of his armor, be it if it's a flashback or they wrap up his story and he finally goes and gets back his humanity, it's this guy you're seeing? Yeah. Okay. Women would swoon and men would want to figure out how to be him. <laughs> okay. Okay. I like how he carries himself in Bridgerton, and as I said, yeah, and I did I watch Bridgerton? Yes, I did. I watched it with my wife. So I watched Bridgerton, and, you know, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in Dungeons and Dragons. I saw the pictures off the set, so this is who I'm going with, man. That's about, that's the guy there, Roger Jean Page. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. you know. Okay. It's a shame that you got to cover this brother up, but it's okay. His looks might distract from being wrong, but you'll understand the voice. You put him in the costume, and clearly, he's willing to he's willing to work to do the physicality of a role. I mean, he looked he learned to learn. He went and learned swordplay mm. for the Dungeon and Dragon movie for his character and had to wear X amount of pounds of armor. And he did not complain. He did it with a smile. That's right. Okay. So okay. That, that's what I was going to say. You as know a what? Cartoon, I, as a cartoon, yeah. I mean, as a cartoon, it's good. I was I was just before you jump to the cartoon. Let's back on the live aspect of it. You know what? Yeah. I can definitely say that that it can work because. They don't do that much um, back history, like flashbacks, in the comic books. No, they don't. No, they don't. So, if you want to utilize the face and use the face in that in that regard, yeah, I can I can see you can utilize it now. Just open it up, open up that aspect a little bit more. You can yeah. utilize it there. So I'm like, okay, I don't know, I, I see. Of course, because the, the whole fact of you know him as um, you know you, you see him in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. You see his face when it's in that six-issue miniseries Space Knights because he's still human, right? right? And I would even go as far as the Marvel Animation Division. I know they have their own division for Marvel, right? But mm-hmm. here's the style I'm looking for. I want to see, if you remember uh, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, that cartoon series that ran for two seasons, right? Um, and they brought in oh, like, really? you know, Miss, yeah, Miss Marvel and all that. Get yeah, that yeah. animation team behind Aram the Space Knight. That's the look I want to have because when they did their thing where they brought in Captain Marvel, at the time, mm-hmm. and they brought in the the uh, the the Cree, and they drew it. They redid their outfits, and their outfits looked really nice. And when they did the whole Miss Marvel origin, and you know, and they brought in Sword in that series, I mm-hmm. liked how they drew things in that series. So that's the art style I like to even see Rom done in. Okay, that's how far deep I'm in it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah, yeah, that yeah. particular those artists behind it with that same team. You reunite them, let them do that project. And then bring in Rom, get my boy, uh, you know, to come in there. That's that's that how I good. see Rom the Space Knight. That would look good. That was good. I, I wasn't even thinking to the aspect of who would, you know, do producing <laughs> and stuff like that. But now I'm looking at this, definitely as a cartoon. Yeah, that's that was definitely um that's a good image. That's a good that's a good look. I yeah. that was a good look. I forgot how, how yeah, good you that see? Look was. That's what I'm I saying. Forgot how good that, look was. that that was a good that was a good look. That that team, you know, from Earth's Mightiest Heroes, how mm-hmm. they they drew them. Uh, them I, yeah. I really liked their take on it. You know, it it, it yeah. So that's that's the team I want to see behind it. 
okay. uh, for Rom the Space Knight. I think they could have a lot of fun with it. It would give a good, nice, clean lines, sharpness to the character. You know, update the armor a little bit, but still keep the original look. Don't get too far away from it. Get Roger to uh, do the voice. So that's that's who I'm going with. <laughs> okay. okay, I like it. Looks good. Looks good. Looks good. Thank, thank, thank you very much. Yeah. I think well, we everyone... both. Got the, I think we got some. We both got some good ones. But everyone, yeah, definitely. Listen, as Barry's about to say, listen, we appreciate you guys being here. Uh, just do, you know, we just love you guys. Just to make sure you hit the like, subscribe, share, let everybody know what we got going on. Our page is is growing nicely, and we just, you know, we appreciate all the love and support you guys are offering. And as Barry was saying, listen, put something in, or I would never say, put something in the basement. Comment, put something right. in there, put something in the box, in the box. Please, yeah, write something in the box. Every click helps us. Every comment, we always reply to them. And then on top of it, wherever you listen to your podcast, please uh, rate and review our podcast. This helps us. So I know right now we're on good pods, and we've got up to the number two spot in visual arts for our podcast. We're number two on one list, and number 24 out of another list. So both of those lists are out of 100. So number two out of 100, wow. And number 24 mm-hmm. out of 100, still wow. Um, wow. And those are on good pods. So please, like, subscribe, share. Find us wherever you find your podcast and rate us. And, you know, all, each click, the, you know, helps us so much. Mm-hmm. And, that, I, and I can't stress that enough. And if you ever want to donate to the channel, remember, we have uh, a link so you can just do a one-time donation. We have our Patreon page uh, that we have exclusive content on there. We've got, you know, sweaters and hoodies you can buy and purchase to help us support the channel. So, you know, check out our Red Bubble store. We're on a Patreon page. we got coffee. You can do a one-time tip. And I said, you see the links below? Mm-hmm. Just keep supporting us, and we are going to keep out there doing our stuff for you because we enjoy it. Thank you. Right on. And on that note, on behalf of me, mm. Barry mm. 3D, my cousin, mm. Rod C. Rod mm. C. This whole world was put together by what? A piece of pencil, pencil, a piece of paper, a piece and of paper. lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. Neutralize, neutralize. Analyze, neutralize. This is what we do. Hmm. <laughs> this is how we do. Okay, I'm not gonna say. <laughs> I'm gonna go on and see if I can pull a sword out of stone and become a king of a land. <laughs> Yo, just give me a wing of the, the castle. That's not asking for. Done deal. Don't, just don't come by after t- nine o'clock. <laughs> I'm holding you coming, my Merlin knight. Oh, <laughs> Have a good one, everyone. We're out. Later. <laughs>